This episode of Intentional Living with Neely Cousins is generously sponsored by the Mary Ellen and Drew Weissman Charitable Giving Foundation. Design the life you want to live. Welcome to Intentional Living, a podcast that empowers you to learn from yesterday, make better choices for tomorrow, and build a life that's worthy of you. Here's Neely Cousins. When Ellie Beer was six years old, he was walking home from school in Jerusalem on a hot Friday in June. And then his life changed. He saw a bus explode right in front of him in a terrorist attack. It was June 3, 1978. That bomb killed five people, four teenagers coming home from school and one American from Baltimore. Many more were wounded, meaning they lost limbs. Their lives were never the same. The traffic jam that resulted from the bombing prevented the ambulances from getting through the narrow streets of Jerusalem. Taxi drivers were frantically loading the wounded into their cabs and rushing them to the hospital. And six-year-old Ellie Beer watched. Until terrified by the cries of the wounded, he ran home. It was a traumatizing but life-changing event for Ellie. When he was 15, he enrolled in the training to become an EMT. It became his life's mission to save lives. But a funny thing happened on his way to saving lives. After a year and a half of serving as an EMT on an ambulance, he realized he hadn't actually saved anyone. He had helped a lot of people, broken bones, stuff like that. But the average response time of an ambulance was 15 to 20 minutes. And by the time they arrived on the scene of any truly life-threatening situation, they were always too late. The turning point was a choking seven-year-old boy. His mother had given him a hot dog for lunch and left the room. When she came back a few minutes later, he was on the floor and blew. She screamed, someone called an ambulance, but it took the ambulance 21 minutes to arrive. By the time they got there, it was just too late, but they tried anyway. As they were frantically working on, but failing to revive this boy, a doctor who lived a block away came running in. I saw the ambulance. I'm a doctor. What can I do to help? The tragic irony was not lost on any of them. 20 minutes ago, you could have done a lot. Now, nothing. Ellie said they were all crying. The ambulance driver, the doctor, everyone. And Ellie just thought, this whole system doesn't make sense. It will take the ambulance 20 minutes to reach a choking victim, but a doctor who lives a block away who would have dropped everything to save a child's life has no idea anyone's choking in the first place. And he thought there just has to be a better way. By this point in the early 1980s, an organization called Hatzalah had already taken off in New York. Hatzala, which means rescue in Hebrew, is a volunteer ambulance company that was started by Hasidic Jews in Williamsburg in the 1960s after someone in their community died of a heart attack while waiting for an ambulance that took too long to arrive. The concept of Hatzala is simple. 
trained volunteer EMTs within the community have walkie-talkies. The dispatcher radios the details whenever there's an emergency call, and the people nearest the victim respond. Average response time was within five minutes. Eli wanted to start Hatzalah in Jerusalem. He went to the head of the ambulance dispatch and said, I have a bunch of friends, we're all EMTs, and we all want to volunteer. Just give us a radio and let us know where the emergencies are. And if we're nearby, we'll respond. We just want to keep people alive until the ambulance can get there. The dispatcher basically kicked him out of his office. Look, kid, you're cute, but this is how we've always done things. This is how everyone does things. Go up on a falafel stand or something, you know, get out of my office. So Ellie says they turned to an ancient Jewish innovation called chutzpah. Chutzpah means you just do it anyway. So they bought a police radio and they eavesdropped, waiting for their chance to save lives. Don't you wish all teens were rebellious like this? Ellie's first opportunity to save a life was a call reporting a 70-year-old man who had been hit by a car a block away from where Ellie was. He ran on foot to the site of the accident and found a crowd gathered helplessly around the victim who was bleeding to death from his neck. It's not that people didn't want to help, it's that they didn't know what to do. Well, Ellie, a trained EMT, knew what to do. He had to stop the bleeding. The problem was he had run over on foot and he had nothing with him, no supplies, no sterile bandages to stop the bleeding with. So Ellie used what he had. He took off his yarmulke and applied direct pressure to the man's neck to staunch the bleeding until the ambulance arrived, which they did 20 minutes later. And thanks to Ellie, they transported a live patient to the hospital, and that was it. Ellie had no idea if the man had survived or not. Two days later, he got a call. Are you Ellie Beer? Yeah. Two days ago, you saved my father's life. We're calling to thank you. Ellie went to the hospital to visit the man who hugged Ellie like he was his long lost son. And when he finally let go, Ellie saw that this man had a number on his arm. He was a Holocaust survivor. Ellie had never seen that tattoo up close before. And when he realized how easy it was to save such a significant life, he was hooked. Today, Ellie is the CEO of United Hatsala, an ambulance corps staffed by over 6,000 volunteers. It's called United Hatsala because the volunteers include Christians, Muslims, and Jews, all working together to save lives. As Ellie says, we're not trying to save Jews or Christians or Muslims or men or women. We're trying to save people. They get 1,800 calls per day, and average response time is less than three minutes. So Ellie is amazing, hands down. But that's not really my point. My point is this. What can we do to make our lives amazing? How can we deconstruct Ellie's strategy and use it to make our mark on the world? Ellie used a simple Jewish principle. In Pirkei Avot, Ethics of the Fathers, Judaism teaches us that wisdom is acquired with 48 different tools. The first tool is Bitalmud, 
which means with constant study. But more universally, it means pay attention to your life because your life is trying to tell you something. Judaism believes that life is like this cosmic scavenger hunt. What you're looking for, essentially, is you. What's your purpose? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What are you doing here? And we're endlessly, subconsciously fascinated with this. Think of all the personality typing out there, Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, your horoscope, all the talk shows and blogs and podcasts and self-help books. There's literally a self-help industry thriving on our infinite preoccupation with just getting to know ourselves. But Talmud means it's much easier than you think. But Talmud means you don't have to look so hard. The clues will come to you. The question is, are you looking for them? The first step to being wise is just paying attention to what shows up in your life. Ancient Jewish wisdom teaches us that each soul was sent here on a mission and clues will show up in your life pointing you towards what your mission is, the century you were born in, the family, the neighborhood, your schooling, things you happen to see like Ellie and that bus bombing, things much less dramatic like the friend you lost or the test you failed or the test you aced, what you're naturally good at, what you just struggle with, those are all clues with the potential to teach us something about ourselves and our role in the universe. My mother once said, God doesn't send postcards. I was about six years old when she said it, but I never forgot it. What she meant was that God's messages aren't going to arrive in your mailbox, clearly written. Dear Ellie, the reason you saw that terrorist bomb at six years old is so that when you grow up, you'll start United Hatzalah. Ellie never got that email. He just turned a tragedy into a life purpose. God only sends signs to people who believe in signs. Think about your day today. What happened today that left an impression on you? Can you do it again tomorrow? That is the first step to wisdom. That is the first step to living intentionally. Thanks for listening to Intentional Living. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Neely next time for more timeless Jewish wisdom that inspires you to make the choices that lead to a life you love. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.